since this was recorded, Tim has got married, he's had a child, and he's got another child on the way. And next week's guest will be his now wife, Heather, who, while we were recording the conversation, was pregnant with their first child. So I put these two conversations together because it's nice to compare and contrast couples, I think, and get an idea of how people might have got better acquainted with each other. So this is the beginning of a two-parter in a way. Tim has been on the podcast before because it was his stag do which formed a backdrop for the Getting Better Acquainted Edinburgh Special One, which I recommend listening back to. You can speed them up using um, electric fields, get them really, really fast, and then they just collide with each other. And you can study the effects of what happens when they collide and the other particles that are emitted when they collide. And you can learn stuff about the origins of the universe. Hello, I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better. Please make me better. I want to get better. Better. Better acquainted with you. Today we're getting better acquainted with Tim. Hello Tim. Hello Dave. So I've got some stock questions that I'm asking everybody who comes on the show. Yep. So the first one is, how did you meet me? How did I meet you? The first time I remember meeting you, I met you through Richard Kingdom. Because I went to Lancaster University and I was in Richard's Corridor. And we went to a film at Boland Cinema. And that's the first time I met you. Okay. When you were waiting in the queue. And we came to join you in the queue, probably pushed in front of a lot of people, which annoyed them. That's right. That's the yeah, first yeah. time I remember meeting you. What was the film? I can't remember. I have no idea. No, me neither. I remember meeting you, though, so obviously that was a greater impact on my life than, uh, than the film. That, that's always nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and the second question is, what do you do now? Now I am a research associate at Lancaster University, so back to Lancaster, in the physics department, doing research... Um, which we may or may not get into more details about later. We probably will. Yeah. In fact, might as well uh, hit that first, I think. So, you, you're a researcher in what subject? Physics. That's right. <laughs> so, and you're a theoretical physicist? Um, yes. Okay. If I was being strictly honest, I'd probably say mathematical physicist. Well, you Where you want me to draw the de- definition, the lines of... Strictly honest is what this podcast okay, is right. about. Okay, yeah. so mathematical physicist. And you're a doctor? Yes, yes, I have a PhD, that's correct. Yeah. I don't like people saying I'm a doctor because I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a doctor. That's not my job. If people say, I have a PhD, I'm not a doctor. We all call you Dr. Tim. That's fine, that's fine. But I'm not a doctor. A doctor means you're a medical doctor to me. Yeah, well, that's, that's what it means so, to most Not that people. I have issues with that, Dave. But <laughs> Okay, well, maybe we'll explore those issues as it goes on. So physics is what you do. Yep. When did you first want to be a physicist? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know when I first wanted to be a physicist. I remember always really enjoying it. And my, my dad was um, a physics tutor, physics teacher at A-level. And so he always used to be asking me questions and pushing me when we'd talk about what I was doing at school. 
and he'd always bring back fun experiments to do at home or stuff I could take into school as well because the school didn't have the sort of equipment that my dad had available at um, college. I presume he was allowed to do that, I'm not sure. But um, So I just remember, re- I remember really enjoying it a lot. I think that's probably what helped push me onto it rather than me ever thinking that I really wanted to do it. But I remember there was a couple of times where I got commended for some of the work I did and that really sort of made me think, oh, maybe I want to do this. And then I got to A-level, still really enjoyed it. To be honest, I was going to do a maths degree, but my teachers all talked me out of doing maths and said you'd much prefer to do a physics degree. So I ended up doing a physics degree based on there. So maths was your first... Yeah, maths was my... Maths, I mean, it's very integral to what I do as a job now. Um, and it was... To me, it was easier because it's it's a right or wrong. There's, until you get right to the very top of the field, you know, there's a... You can get a hundred percent in a maths exam. You can't do that in a in an arts degree. degree can you? So, yeah. Me at uni used to say like, yeah. I feel sorry for you guys because you can't. Whatever you do, you'll never get a hundred percent. But yeah. I get it for every essay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it for every essay. I wish. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the ones that were purely maths. Yeah. So you were turned away from pure maths. Yep. And why? Sort of why, was it, why? Why? I think I think because they thought they realised that I was I think good and enjoyed it. But I think they also thought that I wouldn't I wouldn't enjoy not using it and applying it somewhere and so literally all you'd be able to do in it if you got a maths degree is be able to compute harder and harder sums whereas in a physics degree you do do maths but then you get to use that to describe the universe or describe you know how things move or physical processes and I think they thought I would get more um, more out of that than just doing a straight maths degree. And do you think that they were right? Yes, 100%. So <laughs> I'm glad they knew what they were talking about. <laughs> do you have a passion for physics, would you say? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's something which I really enjoy and it's something I really enjoy. I mean, a lot recently I've, I've started doing a lot of outreach work for the university so I get to talk to first year um, A-level students and GCSE students as well about the sort of work that I do and how it also relates to the stuff that they're doing at school right now and that's really fun because um, you know I think part and parcel of doing physics research is that you know I'm using other people's tax money so I should be accountable and should be able to tell whoever wants to know about my work and it's really nice to get people who are you know first really learning about the subject get them interested in it and one way of doing that is the sort of cutting-edge research, which seems very, you know, because it's so some of the stuff we do is quite out there, and it really sort of sparks their imagination. And I, I so I really enjoy telling people about that sort of work. Just before I carry on, I'm going to explain to the listeners where we are and what's going on, just to explain the sound issues. Um, we're outside in my back garden in the sun, and it's a very sunny day, but occasionally it's a little bit windy. And so the sounds that you'll hear occasionally in terms of the microphone is just the wind. Uh, the physical forces... Yes, yeah, not my wind. Of, yes, the physical <laughs> forces of nature acting upon us. I'm looking for something. I can't see anything to, to stop hold it. up to stop it, so I'm going to just go with it. Often there's annoying things in the background in these uh, interviews. Gives it character. Yeah, I like to think so. <laughs> Puts people in the moment. What are you, what, what, what are you currently... What, what do you currently work on in physics? There's sort of two main areas that... 
I work on and the, the main one which really sparks people's imagination is um, to do with particle accelerators and it's a different method of accelerating particles. So most people have heard recently of the, the LHC, the Large Hadron Collider in CERN, which is this massive underground accelerator which is about 17 miles long in circumference. And basically you inject the particles in, you can speed them up using um, electric fields, get them really, really fast, and then they just collide with each other. And you can study the effects of what happens when they collide and the other particles that are emitted when they collide. And you can learn stuff about the origins of the universe. But also, when any particle is accelerated, it gives off electromagnetic radiation. And that radiation you can use for other experiments. So it can emit x-rays, which you can use to study uh, materials or you know, the human body. And microwaves, it gives off all, all sorts of radiation. But obviously, the problem with it is that it's massive. And it's very expensive because it's so big because you need to have massive superconducting magnets which uh, the magnets are used to bend the particles to keep them in a circle the electricity obviously to actually power the electric fields is massive all the personnel and it's obviously the building of it as well is is hugely expensive so one of the topics that we're sort of interested in is a new sort of accelerator which is to try and reduce the um, the size of these things and so instead of using electric fields, you use something called a plasma, which is exactly the same as in a plasma TV. All it is is it's um, a gas of an ionised gas. So if you remember from like GCSE physics, any sort of atom has electrons and neutrons and protons. Yeah. Well, if you can sort of eject one of these electrons somehow, then you're left with something which is now positively charged because yeah. you've got rid of a negative charge. And that's all uh, an ion is, basically. It's a positive-charged atom with a negative charge floating around somewhere else, which is the electron that's been released. And if you have a whole load of these, you have like a, a sea of positive charge and a sea of negative charge, and that's exactly what a plasma is. The simple idea is to shoot a laser into this plasma. This laser cause, causes ripples in the plasma, waves, basically, and then you inject the electrons onto the waves, and the electrons surf the wave, and that speeds up the up the particle and this is a new sort of method of accelerating which is about a thousand times better at accelerating particles in the conventional way and we're sort of interested in so you're shooting shooting lasers at particles yeah, well at being atoms. a being a mathematical physicist that's not what we're doing but we are in collaboration with a group up in Strathclyde who actually have one in their lab and they're using it specifically for to try and create x-rays so that you could, instead of having these massive machines that they use at the moment in hospitals to create these x-rays, you can get something which you know just sits on a table, and that would create your x-rays. And so, obviously, if it's smaller, the idea is it should be cheaper to run, cheaper to buy, and you know you could maybe eventually have these things in schools, let alone just having them for commercial use, which would, I think, benefit physics a lot because it would get people more interested and maybe tackle areas that people in colleges these days don't get to see a lot of, about because particle physics you can learn about it but I think until you really see something and touch it it's very hard to know what's because that's the problem that's on. the problem for physics isn't it really like chemistry you've got really yeah. defined experiments you can do yeah biology you can dissect stuff and that's fun for kids absolutely yeah but physics uh, it was the one I liked the most, I think, in some ways, but it, not everybody feels that way. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, th 
that was part of the problem I always found with with my work, especially my thesis. And my thesis was in um, very much tied up with it. it was to do with the electromagnetism, which is what you kind of use to model all these particles and their interactions with matter and stuff. But it was set in general relativity, relativistic, and unless you're moving really quick or you know out in some massive gravitational field, experiments involving general relativity where you can see these relativistic effects are virtually non-existent so you're doing this theory but it can never you can never really experimentally verify whether your theory is holding up or not whereas the stuff we're doing now is much more interesting because we're we're actually using the theory to come up with mathematical predictions which then we can actually test out in a laboratory here on Earth, rather than so the kind of the, the criticism that some people like give towards the f- field of physics is that you know it's just you can't prove it, whereas you can prove these other things. And yeah. you're saying that you're working in an area that is moving much more towards the yes, but then that's largely due to the fact of funding these days. You don't get funding anymore for doing pure research because you have to show that your um, your research has wider applications that I mean the ideal for any funding body is that at the end of the day you've done a piece of research and here is like a toolkit which someone can go away and then use your research to do to do something amazing with and do you think that's a bad, bad thing that, um, that, or a good thing or oof. a bit of both I can completely understand where they're coming from because in the days now when there is less funding then I can understand exactly why you should make something which is much more applicable to everyday people. At the same time, so many leaps forward get made in these you know, rather theoretical, um, out-there branches of physics that there's a chance that we could miss something because we're not funding those areas anymore. Yeah. And there's other areas as well, like mathematicians, they're struggling much worse than we are because they've got to now try and apply some of their work which means that they're really jumping in bed with the physicists these days because their stuff is even more out there than what would even more abstract but that's probably getting not getting the, the work it deserves Whoa. There's, my notes have just blown away <laughs> um, right theory of relativity mm-hmm. now I studied physics for a year yep I remember at university I did a course called universes and art which was for for artists who wanted to know about physics it was fucking brilliant I really liked the course lots of information was given to me like so much information in my life I failed to retain (laughs) it but it was really fascinating at the time and I have then I was taught the the theory of relativity and I understood it and I've since then, every time I've sort of looked into it, I've understood it every time, but I can't retain that information. So I can never explain to somebody else what the theory of relativity, how it works, how relativity works. Do you want to give it a go? Uh, that's, is it, that's an interesting question because it's such a broad topic because what relativity did, relativity wasn't a particular... It's, it's unlike other theories because relativity covers the whole of physics yeah. so it was a complete paradigm shift really rather than a rather than a theory very much like quantum mechanics has done 
But there were two different versions. There's a special theory, special theory of relativity, and a general, general theory. And basically, it can be summed up in in sort of one simple experiment that was done, which was the Michelson-Morley experiment, where basically um, it showed that there was a constant in nature that light can only travel uh, at one particular value, and no matter uh, whether it's moving or whether it's stationary, because in in our everyday thinking if I was to throw a ball at you as hard as I can it would obviously hurt but if I was running <laughs> if I was running towards you and threw it at you would it hurt more or less and your thinking would be that well I'm running at you and throwing at you so maybe it there's more force more. or it would probably hurt more but what um, relativity is saying that no matter how hard you were going to throw this light no matter whether I was running towards you or standing still it would still hit you at exactly the same um Exactly. So it would hurt the same. That's probably not the best analogy, but it's it's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. And so the C in mc squared is yep, the it's, constant. It's the speed of light. That's the right. The E is energy. Yep. So energy equals the speed of well, the mass constant mass times the speed of light squared. Yeah. Yeah. And so C is the constant, and that is also the speed of light. That's also the speed of light. That's right. Einstein went a, a bit further and postulated that actually that this speed of light is the maximum that all things can move at so nothing can actually accelerate past the speed of light there's an important distinction there which um, often irks me that um, people often say that nothing can go faster than the speed of light and that's not true nothing can accelerate past the speed of light that's an entirely different physical phenomenon than so going faster than the speed of light something could al already be yeah, faster that's what it tachyons are so they, tachyons. they start off faster and we know that tachyons exist, or are they no, like... No, again, they're theoretical, and I'm not sure you could ever actually detect them because they're moving so quick that you can never... They, they probably just pass through any detector that you create for them. Because there's all of these theoretical particles that we have come up with the idea of, but we haven't yep. proved yet, have we? Because there's... I know from some of the research I've been doing for some things I've been writing about... I can't remember which particle it is, but... No, it's not a particle. They're, it's dark matter, I think, mm -hmm. that they're looking for, and they've got these things underground that are, uh, and they are working out if stuff's passing through it. Yeah. And they sometimes say it is. They sometimes say it isn't. They can't really conclusively prove it either way yet. Well, yeah, dark matter is a funny one because it's probably something that we know very little about, but we theorise makes up a large part of the universe. That's right. So it's, it's all the bits that we can't see. Yeah, all of the stuff. I mean, that we can't see. It's one of the real tough areas uh, if you once you go into cosmology because things are so far away, you can't directly see them necessarily. You have to infer them from other measurements that are made. So, the fact that um, the fact that planets are moving in certain ways means that it has a certain amount of gravity attached to a system, which means that you can calculate the mass that. Is needed in order to create this gravitational field but then the sum of all the planets and stars you know there's not enough mass there to create that mass so there's this missing mass which is what dark matter is it causes this makes up the rest of the universe and dark matter means that the theories that it means that the equations work if, exactly yeah, so, yeah, you yeah, have, absolutely, yeah. so you've kind of created it to yep. prove that yeah and I'm, I'm fine with that. I mean, I, I think I'm a bit of a positivist in the sense that I don't think we'll ever come up with a grand unified theory which gives us anything. I think physics to me 
or a theory, I should say. A good theory in physics is one that fits the data the best it can. An excellent theory is one that not only fits the data, but then can also be used to predict something new and you know proves that that prediction is actually accurate. That's an amazing theory. But I don't think we'll ever have a theory which fits every piece of data exactly. And so that's, dark matter sits in there with me fine because it fits the theory and if everything works because dark matter's there then I'm happy that you know that's a good area to be looking in it might be right it might not but at the moment it's okay because it's a good good working theory well I, as a fiction writer I like dark matter because it means I can write my thing that I'm writing about absolutely do you believe in God? ah interesting question um, what are we talking about a particular religion here or are we talking about in no, general? do you believe in God? So I believe in God. Um, I would say no. <laughs> you say no. You sound I say, hesitant. Well, yeah, because it's such a big question, Dave. That's why I want to put it that. I think I want to because it makes it makes it a lot more comforting if there is. But at the same time, I don't think I do because I've never. I've never experienced anything that makes me think otherwise. Have you always not believed in God? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I used to... I grew up... When I grew up in Norfolk, we used to go to church every Sunday up until probably the age of 12. And I remember we got confirmed as well because... um, My main reason for getting confirmed was because... My mum said, "If you, once you're confirmed, then you know you can make your own decisions about your religion." Then, so as soon as I was confirmed, I just stopped going to church. So that was my reason for wanting to get confirmed. Because I knew once <laughs> I was confirmed, I would never have to go again. Um, but it was never an, it was never a question of me ever thinking, "Is there a God?" Because it it never impacted on my life in any way. So I don't think, if you'd asked me then, I may have said yes, simply because of going to church at the time but whether I'd actually sat down and thought about it probably not and when you say we you mean you and your brother yeah yeah Uh, and you and your brother are twins yes we are twins although nothing alike is you're not identical are you not identical at all (laughs) not in um, character or looks no you can you can see that you're brothers I'm afraid good (laughs) <laughs> oh, no, it's fine. We're both, we're both of you. Obviously, I love my brother, so I, I have no qualms with that. I mean, it was quite. My mum's a, a school teacher. My pa- both my parents actually were school teachers. I've mentioned my dad was a physics teacher. My mum was a PE teacher, and we went to the high school she worked at, and she made a a point of making sure we were split up when we went to high school, so we were in separate classes, so that we could uh, develop on our own, I suppose, and get our own characters and make our own friends, etc. Because we were quite thick as thieves when we were younger which I think is probably a good thing in hindsight what's it like being a twin um it's one of those odd questions you get asked and you can't really answer because I've never known life not as a twin yeah but it I mean to me it's brilliant growing up it was amazing because you just had someone who you could constantly go outside and play with and have fun with and You'd always have somewhere that you can, someone to talk with. And if there was homework, you could always sit and talk to him about it. So, yeah, I mean, it was brilliant. There's no downside I can think of about it. You always got on well. 
Um, yeah, I think so. We never got in fights at all. That's probably a lie, actually. I think I knocked his, one of his teeth out once. But <laughs> <laughs> why, did, why did you knock his teeth? <laughs> I don't know why, but we were doing karate at the time. I think I knocked one of his teeth out. I don't know whether it was by accident or on purpose. But um, My brother's very stubborn, though, so as long as you know how to, uh, how to handle him, he's fine. He's harmless. Well, would, would he say the same about you? What, that I'm very stubborn? Yeah. I don't know. Probably. But that would be an example of him being stubborn, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All my siblings are quite spaced out, mm -hmm. so you've got the kind of ultimate, ultimate not spaced yep. out thing. So, you, like, it was always an issue for me, like, six years between me and my little sister, I don't want to play mm -hmm. the same games as she does, and I don't yep. want to play the same games my brother wants to play, because he's six years older than me. So I guess you had that kind of... Yeah. You I always mean, wanted to play the same game. Exactly, and we... I mean, even though, like I said, our, my mum split us up and then we had our own circle of friends, we obviously had crossovers as well, so we'd often go out together and have a whole group of us go out together, especially um, when it came up to college... I passed my driving test before my brother did, so of course I was his best friend as soon as I passed my driving test. <laughs> so we, we did a lot together then. But also I have a sister who's only 10 months older than my brother and me. Wow. So we had a very close family. She was in the year above, but we still had to sort of... We still used to go out together, all her friends, all our friends. I should probably point out at this point that we were both um, born in the same place, right? Yeah, we were both born in Kings Lynn in yeah. Norfolk, yeah. I don't remember it. I only lived there for three years. I got like three memories or something. <laughs> I used to go. I think I used to be taken to the park. I don't know what park this is. Hmm. It's got like a castle—not a castle, but like a impressive castle-y thing that was probably not a castle, but I was <laughs> under under three. And yeah, okay. And my dad used to take me to the park. And we used to walk in the park every day, and all I remember about it is that one day that castly thing was open, and we went in, and that was incredibly exciting. I'm, I don't, really I don't mean why. to be interviewing you, yeah. but um, that's okay. It can go that way sometimes. I, I mean, <laughs> I have, I have a terrible long-term memory, which my fiance will attest to. I'm constantly forgetting things, and I have memories that I don't know whether are memories or whether they're things that I've been told being told yeah. or and even down to images i don't know whether they're photographs i've seen or whether they're actually my own see memories that memory i think is true because nobody told me about it and mm. when i've told people about it they've they've said oh yeah that makes sense the other memories i've got from that that period of time though probably are false memories i think yeah I remember swinging on a swing in the apple tree outside in the back garden and I think that could easily have been because people have told me about the apple tree and I remember crawling on a beach in Hans Stanton Hans Stanton yeah that's right and uh, that might be just because I've seen a photograph of me crawling on a beach in Hans Stanton or Hunston as the locals would say really yeah but you had quite a happy childhood would you say yeah yeah definitely I mean um when I, ever, when I ever think back, think about your childhood, I always think about um, playing with my brother and me outside. Being in Norfolk, we had, there was a large sort of field behind us and we had a large garden as well. We could sneak through the field to the back of a friend's house. And so there was he had a brother as well. So there was us four who were very close and we always used to play football and cricket together. 
and I always remember it being sunny as well. I suppose everyone does when they think back to their childhood. And I think, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I remember it being very fun, very good childhood. I've got like two parallel films of my childhood. I've got like the happy and the sad, and like. <laughs> I, if I if I focus sometimes if if you ask me at the right time I'll be like yeah my childhood was brilliant yeah and other times I'll be like my childhood was a nightmare uh, <laughs> and uh, it was you know it was both but, but you sounds like you had the just just yeah. the good film yeah I think so I mean I don't remember the other thing is is that we with having two parents that are both teachers whenever there was a whenever we were on holiday my parents are on holiday so we were very close because we spent all our time together so yeah. we could, we went on holidays together. We didn't travel far. We mostly went up to see family in York. I think we went to France a couple of times, a few times. Um, but yeah, we just spent a lot of time together. And so, don't remember ever having a, you know, a bad time. Obviously, there were times, you know, when you were naughty and got spanked or whatever. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't ever remember thinking, you know, going through a period of my life thinking this is awful. No. Well, that's that's lucky. <laughs> nice work. That's good. Um, <clears throat> children having an idyllic childhood somewhere in the background, <laughs> I can hear. With the police car. And the police car, yeah, the police coming to arrest them now. For <laughs> they're having too much fun, they're not allowed. You like film a lot. Yes, yes, you know. I was in the <laughs> film that you were making once. <laughs> that's right. But I've right. never seen that film. Yes. Because you never finished that film. No, that's correct. Your dad was in it as well. Yeah, that's right. But we've never seen it. My problem is is if I'm being if I'm going to be a bad workman and blame my tools, I never had the chance to edit it once Richard left because he was the guy who had the editing software that's on his right. computer. For the entirety of university, we essentially all used Richard's computer Absolutely. to do all of our editing from exactly. Sound, trailing edge trailing and all sorts of stuff, which yeah. was a comedy show that we did together and very successfully as well I think I think I think when <laughs> it was good it was very very good but when it was bad it was awful <laughs> it was like we really needed a good editor but I think it was promising stuff I think mm. it could have gone somewhere but yeah. so it goes yeah anyway sorry going back to the film um, and also I think after a while I think I sort of like thought I was probably being rather pretentious and decided that, you know, there was some good stuff there. But I, I remember wanting to try and shape it into something else because I didn't like what I'd done. Yeah, it was it was quite an extremely strange film that you were yeah. shooting. I re- well, the, I remember because we'd got the... Um, been given permission to use the... Nuffield Theatre, yeah. Which is this, what, the largest black box theatre in Europe, is it still? I don't know, but it was a big but black it was box. At the t- it was at, I think it was at the time we were there. I don't know whether it is still now. So it was all about lights, wasn't it? Yeah. So there was a lot of different... film, Quite film noir in a certain way, because there was just lots of odd lighting and... Well, to me it was film noir anyway. You're well, it was a strange... Well, it was film noir lighting, It was, but the films that you were making, the couple of films that you made were quite... Um, um, what do you call it? Existential. Yeah, they were all about that. kind of exploring the angst of the individual. Your first film involved you interrogating you for not doing anything. Yeah, 
you sitting in the on the settee shouting at yourself as you try to eat a bowl of cereal. Yeah, that I was, liked um, that film. That was good. Me too. That one of didn't that winner win something? Yeah, it won best new director at the Lancaster Film Festival. That was fun. You big, plugged me there, didn't you? Yeah, big <laughs> big place, Lancaster. Lots of competition. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you give up film? I don't. I haven't given up film at all. Um, equipment is one thing. In fact, I need, my fiance now is did theatre studies in the year below Dave. Yeah. And um, she don't, works with a film company in her job now. And you know, quite often, if we're driving places on the way home, we'll talk through ideas for films. And so, our plan is to one day actually to sit down and write something together and do something because. It's, a, it's really fun, but B, you know, it's nice to have put something down on paper and actually do something because we both have lots of creative ideas. And the other thing that you've taken up since university is the bass. Yes, yes. Why I didn't start when I was at university, I do not know. It's a funny thing. Like We were in a comedy show together and I didn't do any music at university either. Mm. But like the, the four people in that in that comedy show, I mean, C- Clive and Richard both play guitar. I sing. Yeah. If you'd have taken up bass, would have well, been we needed yeah. as a drummer. Exactly, Matt could have played the drums. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't know if Matt would have been up for the drum. Matt joined joined l- later in the in the edge, didn't he? Yes, he was our editor in some in some ways. I think he was good. It was good when he was Absolutely. an editor. We could, we could have done with an editor more often. And what attracted you to the bass? That's a good question. What did attract me? Um, I don't know, to be honest. It was a. I suppose there's a lot of music that I like that was... And musicians who were bass guitarists who I liked. Um, so that was a massive reason. And because I think probably guitar music at the time I at the time I sort of took it up wasn't really that wasn't wasn't that it wasn't big but wasn't really didn't really register any interest with me you're not really interested in guitar music anyway are you I mean it's more more about the rhythm I guess that's why you're yeah, into bass yeah I suppose yeah you're not like I'm a lyrics guy yeah you're not a lyrics guy not at all um, and I have lots of it's a bone of contention with my fiance because she's a singer so she's all about the lyrics whereas I can happily listen to you know I suppose that's part of the reason why I love jazz so much because quite often there's no lyrics in it you can just sit back and listen to something and you know interesting time signatures and and drumming and and, so I guess in a way it's a mathematical thing um I don't know maybe maybe I mean it's it does dawn on me that a lot of the music that I like is quite similar and quite structured and repetitive in the way that you can imagine someone who likes maths would like their music. Yeah. You know, the sort of... Um, I mean, Muse are quite like that. Like, Philip Glass is quite like that. A lot of jazz is quite like that. The Cinematic Orchestra are like that. There's these constant, repetitive... Uh, um, pieces of music with very subtle changes here and there that's what I like <laughs> but then that is part and parcel of what of, as you say of uh, being part of the rhythm uh, group you 
as a bassist. That's um, very much my job is to just play the same thing, same thing over and over again. Yeah, not all bass players do that. Not but, all bass players but, do that. No, absolutely but, not. But it is generally what bass players do. Um, I mean, up to about the time of the uh, in, of the conversation being over, and uh, the last question that I ask people is, uh, do you have anything that you want to plug? So. Do I have anything I want to plug? If you go to t-j-walton.co.uk, that's my website. You can find out about the research I do. And if people are interested, they can email me questions or email me to come and speak at places if they want. I don't know if people do that, but I'm Tim more is, than happy. Tim is great. I mean, I've, he, I've, I've, I'm, I'm bombarding with questions about physics all the time, about my writing, things <laughs> I'm writing. And he... And he genuinely seems to be happy to help people understand yep. things better. One thing, one thing which we could have talked about is the, my absolute love of sci-fi as well. And I think that plays a very important part in in physics. Well, yeah, I, yeah. Maybe there was time. not enough time to fit everything in, and always the, it's always the way. Absolutely. I thought we might go there from the film, but we, it, you know, conversations are like roads. You take one 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 path and you lose the other. You know? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> And yeah, it's been a pleasure getting uh, better acquainted with you two. Quite a right, day. Fantastic. Well, uh, do you want to say goodbye to the listeners? Goodbye, listeners. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>